0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rock star confidence. I'm Christina Canters, your host and founder of the C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, rockstar, and welcome to episode 134 of Stand Out Get Noticed. Christina with you here. I hope you're having an awesome week. I'm doing really, really well. I have recently had a lot of exciting things happen in my business and in Podcast Services Australia, my other business. I've been booking in a number of clients for my one-to-one coaching. I've had a flood of inquiries for the group coaching program, which is exciting. I've been running corporate workshops and traveling interstate to run training and have been involved in numerous networking events. And all of this is fantastic but I did start to feel a bit overwhelmed with it all. I mean, having a lot of work on, I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have. And my fear was that I would run myself into the ground and not be my best self for my clients. I've had to realize that I'm only one person and I have a limited time capacity. And to run my business successfully and sustainably, I've got to be very careful about how I spend my time. And this conversation came up with my business coach, and we talked about what are the activities that drain me energetically the most, what energizes me, and how can I recognize when I'm at my capacity so I know when to say no to things, and as a result, maintain a high level of physical and mental health and perform at my best. And having gone through this process with my coach, it's really helped me to deal with that overwhelm. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who is going through this, which is why I'm doing a podcast on it this week. And I'm calling it How to Manage Your Energy. Show notes for this episode will be at thecmethod.com slash energy. In this episode, I'm going to share with you why it's important to manage your energy, what managing your energy actually looks like, and how you can do it. I'll share with you what I'm doing to manage my own energy levels and And also what other people suggest too, because I understand not everyone is like me and people recharge in different ways. Now, if after listening to this, you want to join the conversation and share with me what you do to manage your energy, I would love to hear it. Love to hear other people's ideas. Send me an email at cc at thecmethod.com or jump on over to the blog post in the show notes and leave a comment there at thecmethod.com slash energy. Now you may be wondering, What does this all have to do with communication and speaking? Well, it has everything to do with communication and speaking. Now, on this show, if you've been a frequent listener... You'll know that I talk a lot about putting yourself out there if you want to build a strong professional presence, be recognized for your efforts, be first in line for that promotion and to feel good about yourself and your contribution or to make a big impact in your business. So for example, giving presentations, saying yes to opportunities, practicing pitching yourself, going to networking events, running meetings and so on and so on. Opportunities to put yourself out there. But you won't be as effective at these things if your energy levels are suffering. For example, if you're exhausted and slightly irritable, you're not going to be able to lead your team effectively. If your brain is fuzzy, it will be difficult to find the right words to articulate your ideas clearly. If you're rushing from meeting to meeting without a break, you're not going to be as alert as you could be. If you're stressed and anxious, it will hold you back from confidently delivering a great presentation. If you want to perform at your best and really make an impact in your workplace or business, managing your energy levels is absolutely critical because if you don't, you're going to burn out, my friend, and then you're no good to anyone. Last week on the podcast, if you listened, uh, professional speaker Mike Rolls and I talked about how our bodies and minds have their own ways of telling us to stop and slow down. For me, it was developing migraines. For you, it could be getting colds more frequently. Maybe you get physically injured at the gym. Maybe you get stomach ulcers. Maybe you find you can't sleep. All of these things are signs that we are starting to burn out and we need to Pause, slow down and reassess what we're doing with ourselves and with our lives. And we want to avoid that. We want to avoid these crises before they come up. And that's what this episode is about. Okay. So firstly, what do I mean by managing your energy? There are a number of different approaches when it comes to defining energy or, or managing, you know, managing your day. Some people talk about you know, do the creative stuff in the morning or do the most important task first while your energy is high. That's one way of looking at it. For purposes of this podcast, when I say manage your energy, I mean understanding what activities you do on a daily or weekly basis, whether it's for work or social or for family, and understanding which of these activities take up the most amount of mental load. Which of these activities drain you energetically or which and which ones energize you. And when you can understand this, you can then be more strategic about how you plan your week, and then you can start to build in times for you to recharge yourself. So that's what I mean by managing your energy. I'm going to take you through the process that I've gone through that I found has really helped me. You may find uh, something different works for you, but I'm just going to share with you what what I know to to work. So the first thing to do is to create an awareness of what you're doing every day. And this is what I did with my coach. Write down the types of activities you do on a consistent basis. Because I do a lot of speaking in my business, I focused specifically on the activities where I am required to speak. For example, one-on-one coaching sessions, meetings, training sessions, networking events, um, social events, going out for dinner, coffee catch-ups with business contacts, etc., etc., et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. So I wrote down all of these things that I do. Recording this podcast, that requires me to speak. So write down all of those activities that you do on a consistent basis. You may like to extend this to activities that aren't around speaking. So maybe if you're researching or writing or spreadsheeting, whatever that is, perhaps you can put that down as well. For me, I just put in the areas where I was speaking because that's a big part of my business. You know, if I'm not at my best to be able to um, present well, speak well, run my coaching sessions, present to a large audience, then that's going to really hold me back from achieving what I want in my business. So that's what I have chosen to focus on. Okay, the next thing to do is to rank them in order of energizing and versus draining. So I looked at the top three activities that were the most energizing for me and the top three that were the most taxing on my energy. And you can tell if something is taxing on your energy when you come away from it and you just feel heavy or you feel drained. I know for me, I will physically be okay, but my eyes will just want to close and all I want to do is just crawl onto the couch and pull the blanket over me and put something really trashy like Cake Wars on the television and, and that's all and I have no capacity to do anything else. That's what happens to me when I feel completely drained. On the other side of the spectrum, you might come away from an activity feeling absolutely hyper or feeling like you could run a marathon or that you're bouncing off the walls. Maybe you find that you can't sleep. That would be an exercise or activity where you are energized by that. So to give you an example, uh, what energizes me is going to networking events. I'm a raging extrovert. I love being around other people, especially when it's a real positive atmosphere. And I find that if I'm having a, I don't know, a slow day or I'm feeling a bit like I'm lacking energy, if I go to a Toastmasters meeting or a networking event, I'm pumped back up again and I feel amazing. Speaking to large groups is another activity where I get really energized um, working out at the gym, especially in a group. Okay, not really a speaking situation, but I find that that energizes me as well as working in busy environments like a cafe or a co-working space where there's other people around, where there's lots of hustle and bustle. That's the sort of environment where I feel energized. Now, what drains me is working alone for too long, um, especially in my apartment where there's no one else around. Um, if I don't leave my apartment for a while, I get kind of down and a little bit anxious. Having too many intense one-to-one interactions is draining for me as well. So this includes my one-to-one coaching sessions. It includes discovery calls that I have and podcast interviews. So situations where I'm giving my full attention on one person and really going deep into that conversation It's not that I don't enjoy having those conversations and that I'm not good at them. It's just that energetically, I do find it quite draining. Now, for you, you may find that you have a similar list of activities. You may find that you it's actually the opposite for you. So the one-on-one interactions are the most energizing for you and the group activities, so networking or running meetings with large groups, they are the most draining for you. Okay, it's all about being self-aware. That's the first step and understanding what are the activities you do and what sort of impact are they having on your energy levels. The ones that are the most taxing for you, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do them or that you can't do them well. It just means that it takes more energy for you to do these things well as they don't come naturally to you. There's a lot of it's to do with, you know, whether you tend to be more of an extrovert or more of an introvert and how you like to get your energy and how you like to recharge. Okay. But you want to make sure that you're not doing too many of these draining activities because if, if you do, you'll feel anxious, stressed, tired and depleted and that's not what we want for you okay moving on to step three once you've got your list of most draining and most energizing activities see if you can get out of any of those draining activities think about a quota that you might like to stick to. So you might say, okay, this like running this particular type of meeting is very draining for me or going to networking events is very draining, but I know I need to do them. So I'm going to limit it to only one per week. So set yourself a quota and learn to say no to any extras and don't feel bad about saying no to these things. If you can help it, know that you're doing yourself a favor and By making sure that you don't do too many of these so that you can be your best self for the ones that you do go to. Okay? Don't book these draining activities back to back. Make sure you build in time around them for restoration as well. Okay, the next step, and this is one that I quite enjoy step four, is to write down a list of activities that rejuvenate you or bring you joy. So for you, this could be reading, exercising, meditation. Yoga, sleeping, walking, listening to podcasts, drawing, um, dancing—you know, any of those things that you just love to do and that light you up inside. Activities that feel light and easy and fun. Okay, and don't write down what you think should be rejuvenating. Only write it down if it works for you. If you if you think oh I should be doing yoga, but you really don't like yoga, then don't write down yoga. <laughs> Write down if you, if you like cooking or I know some people like to fill out spreadsheets as a way to relax. Whatever works for you, do that. Write it down. The next step is to, step five is to build in time to do these activities in your week. And the most important thing is to schedule it in. So often we say to ourselves, Oh yeah, I should do that. I need to do that. But because it's for ourselves and purely for ourselves, we tend to not schedule it in, it in like we would a meeting. But you are the most important person that you need to take care of in order to be your best for other people. So you need to schedule in these appointments with yourself and stick to them. I know for me, if I don't exercise, I go absolutely crazy and I schedule in when my workouts are. If you find it hard to force yourself to go to the gym or something, book into a class and do that. You know, that way it'll help you to stick to that class. You have to be there for that hour or whatever it is. Okay, and leading into number six is to learn to say no. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. You need to learn how to say no to things because you need to take care of you. No one else is going to take care of your energy levels for you. If you are the type of person who looks out for everyone else's needs before yours, remember that you're doing them a disservice if you are not fully recharged and restored something that I've started to do which I found has worked for me is i've I've actually color coded the different types of activities that I do every week so at a glance I can look at my calendar and see what's going on for that week so all my coaching sessions are one color all my discovery calls are another color my podcast interviews all my my uh, coffee catch-ups with people are one color and I know that I can't have more than two coaching sessions in a day and I only do coaching sessions on two days of the week, right? So that means that I can look at my calendar and say, okay, I've already got enough coaching sessions booked for this week. I'm not going to book in anymore until the following week. Same with coffee catch-ups. I can look at my week and say, I've already got two coffee catch ups happening, happening this week. Not going to book in anymore. So when someone says to me, Oh, hey, let's do coffee. Let's catch up. Let's talk about work. I I know I'm not going to say, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm free. You know, next week, I'll say, no, 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 no. I've already got, you know, I'm not free next week, not available, but the week after I can do. So those are the loose ish steps. That I've gone through myself to figure out what is most draining and what is most energizing for me, and how to plan my week accordingly so that I can be at my best physical and mental health for the times where I am doing my work. I'll just go through them real quick. Firstly, create an awareness of what you're doing every day, write down what those activities are. Number two, pick out your top three things that are most energizing and the top three that are most taxing on your energy. Number three, See if you can limit those draining activities. See if you can get out of them. Um, Number four, write down what rejuvenates you and brings you joy and helps you to restore yourself. Number five, build in time to do those activities in your week. Oh, I forgot to mention before, what I'm doing now is I'm actually scheduling in, say, 30 minutes of restoration time after a particularly draining activity. If I, let's say, if I have two coaching sessions, I'll leave an hour in between them and in that hour, I won't go straight to email. I won't rush into another work related task. I'll make sure that I go and and do some mindfulness or meditation for 10 minutes. And then I might go eat some food. I might go walk around the block and make sure that my headspace is nice and clear and I feel restored before that second coaching session. Does that make sense? So try to build in these little uh, sections of restoration time into your day in between the more draining activities. And then number six, learn to say no to things. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference between extroverts and introverts because I'm learning that the way we spend our time and what we find draining and um, stressful compared to what we find restorative and rejuvenating depends very much on our tendencies as to whether we lean more towards extroversion or introversion. and I'm reading a fantastic book, About this called Quiet by Susan Kane. And it was recommended to me by my friend, Emanuela Grace from Find Your Voice. She's been an amazing featured guest on this podcast. And we were actually having a conversation. She explained to me how she's very much an introvert and loves having time to herself. Her most favorite way to spend a day is to sit in a park with a book and not talk to anyone. She'd rather do that than to go to a party, for example, and do a lot of socializing. And I've known a lot of people like this and a lot of introverts I've learned feel like there's something wrong with them because they don't like going to social events or they get really anxious around going to to social events um, or doing things in large groups. They think there's something wrong with them. They think they might be antisocial. And I highly recommend this book, Quiet uh, t- for you to read, if if you do identify with being introverted and you and you do find yourself getting anxious around doing these large group events, and if you do like to spend a lot of time on your own, there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with you. That's just how you recharge yourself. And you may have a a job that requires you to be quite extroverted. Maybe you're leading teams. Maybe you're doing a lot of talking during the day. Maybe you're in in meetings, or maybe you're in sales. Whatever that is. But knowing that you need that end of the day to just be by yourself and to, and to just be with your own thoughts and to quietly read or whatever it is that you want to do. Um, it's important to know that you need that and to build that in and into your weekends as well. And for extroverts, I highly recommend that you read it too, because it does give you a great understanding of, of the differences and, and why we each do what we do very helpful if you are in a relationship where one of you is an introvert and the other is an extrovert and some conflicts come up when it comes to going out when one person wants to go out all the time and the other one wants to stay home and just watch tv so a really really interesting read i highly recommend it okay and that brings me to the end of this episode i hope you found it useful At least hopefully it's got you thinking about the activities that you're doing and whether you can start to be a bit more proactive and intentional about how you're scheduling those in and how you can start to restore and rejuvenate yourself so that you can be your best self for those around you and for the work that you do. I'll put a summary of what I've talked about in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash energy. Like I mentioned at the start, if you want to join in the conversation and share with me what it is that you do to restore yourself, I'd love to hear it. Head on over to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash energy and leave a comment there. Or you can email me, cc at thecmethod.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your week. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome, and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Hello, friends. I have a ukulele song for you this week. We're going to take a trip down back to the 90s where angry white girl Alana Samara was killing it um, in the music world. And I'm going to play you a song from Jagged Little Pill. It is called Hand in My Pocket. I quite like this song because it's all about how to find ways to stay relaxed and determined through the day, even though you've got all these little things that try to get you down. Hope you enjoy.
1: I'm broke, but I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm high, but I'm grounded. I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful. And what it all comes down to Is that everything's gonna be fine, fine, fine Cause I got one hand in my pocket And the other one is giving a high five I feel drunk but I'm sober I'm young and I'm underpaid I'm tired but I'm working, yeah I care but I'm restless I'm here, but I'm really gone. I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, baby. And what it all comes down to is that everything's gonna be quite alright. but i'm friendly baby i'm sad but i'm laughing i'm brave but i'm chicken shit i'm sick but i'm pretty baby what